today exercising the power of kingdom authority. Amen. Exercising the power of kingdom authority. You know, we've been we 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 we've already uh, in the scripture uh, we've already uh, talked about the fact that through Jesus Christ as believers we have been given back limited authority. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, when God uh, put them in the garden, they had absolute authority in the earth. He said, uh, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let uh, us give them dominion. Beast of the air, the fowls, and what have, uh, whatever Adam named it, that's what it was. So before the fall, Adam and Eve, which representative of mankind, operated in almost unlimited authority in the earth. There was only one limit that God put on them. And that was not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But, that, that, but they had almost unlimited authority. When they yielded to Satan and, 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 and uh, uh, rebelled against God, uh, that authority was lost. And a curse began to operate. And uh, uh, spiritual death began to operate uh, in mankind. Well, Jesus being the last Adam, the last representative of, of mankind, when he defeated uh, and died on the cross uh, and rose, uh, 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 he's, and, and, and we're going to get into it in the message today, but uh, all power and authority came back to him. And Jesus has declared for believers uh, and has delivered to us authority in his name. Now we don't have almost unlimited authority right now, but we've got authority over the uh, world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, just because we've got authority, if we don't, you know, sometimes, uh, you, you know how a little kid, I'm, I'm talking about a real little kid, uh, that maybe don't, don't you know, uh, that don't understand. You can give them, uh, 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 you know, a $100 bill. And if they're real young and they don't understand what money is, they don't realize what they can do with a $100 bill. You know, they'll play with it and ball it up and maybe try to chew it and eat it. Uh, or something like that, and 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 so a lot of times we don't we don't waste money giving it to somebody who don't know how to what it is to appreciate what it is and how to handle it properly. And I believe God's the same way. I believe there's authority and power that we can operate in, uh, but 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 God's not going to waste it and give it to us if we're not going to handle it properly. And so uh, we're talking about exercising the power of kingdom authority. See, it's not enough just for us to know that it's there and know what it can do. Uh, but we got to get practical with it and, 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 and learn how can we tap into it and how can we use it. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. So we're talking about uh, exercising the power of kingdom authority. 
And uh, in specific, in this message, this is part one, uh, we're going to be talking about the authority of Jesus' name. Can you say that with me? The authority of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The authority of his name. You see, the key, the key to all kingdom authority is in the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's very important, very important. This is the, this is the very essence of, of, of what we need to understand. I want you to repeat that after me. The key. The key. To all kingdom authority. Is the lordship. Of Jesus Christ. And you know what you can do with a key. When something seems it's locked up. If you get the right key. You can open the door. And get in. Hallelujah. So the key to kingdom authority. Is in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Matthew uh, 28 and 18. In Matthew 28 and 18, uh, Jesus uh, says here, And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. And he's getting ready to send them out to fulfill the great commission. And Jesus is letting uh, his disciples and all believers for all time. He's letting us know that he didn't say some. Remember, he didn't say some. What did he say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Uh, going to Romans, the 14th chapter. Beginning at the 7th verse, uh, in Romans 14 and 7, New King James Version, it says, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. Amen. If we live, we live unto the Lord, or to the Lord. If we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again. That he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now here in the book of Romans, the 14th chapter, uh, Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And the church at Rome uh, consisted of Gentiles uh, and uh, some Jews. And uh, uh, an attack had come from within the church. The, the church was being attacked on the outside. 
uh, from the Roman authorities. But attack, an attack had, had, had come up internally in the church at Rome. And uh, they had began to uh, find fault and, and, and get upset. You, you know, it's bad uh, when you have uh, uh, strife internally in a church. And that's what was going on. Uh, there was strife. And, and, and it seemed like the strife was kind of taking on uh, the Jews felt like that the, the Jewish believers felt like that they were privileged and that, that they, you know, uh, had authority and, and what have you over the Gentile believers in the Roman church, uh, the church there in Rome. And uh, there, there, there came a dispute and uh, strife. And so Paul was writing back uh, to church and, and basically what he was telling them, and, and, and when I think about it, you know, we're living in a day and time in which the church is not only being attacked from the outside, but the church is being attacked on the inside. And uh, you got a lot of finger pointing, a lot of fault finding, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and what have you, and, and, and a lot of uh, majoring on minors and minoring on what's major. So, uh, you know, it's not surprising. This is not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last time that it happened. But what uh, the Holy Spirit used Paul to let them know, number one, uh, in uh, Romans, and, and, and I go back to that verse again, in Romans 14 and 7, he said, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. If we live, we live unto the Lord. And if we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Paul is, is, is reminding these people that are engaging in strife within the church, don't you realize that you belong to God? You belong to God. You are the Lord's. And to this end, Christ died and rose again. And, and live again that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. The authority that Jesus has. And you know what? I'm so glad uh, uh, that uh, he, he talks about it. It's, it's, it's an ultimate authority. He's, he's, he, uh, he's Lord of both the dead and the living. And so then when we get down there, so he asks the question, why do you judge your brother? Why do you judge your brother? Why do you get involved in this fault finding and strife? And, and, and I don't know about you, but one, one of the things, you know, I got a job to do as a pastor and, 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 and so forth, but I don't know about you, but uh, some of these arguments and, 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 and what have you that they get into uh, about this and that, I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for it. I'm, I'm, I'm too busy trying to carry out my instructions and be faithful to what God called me to do. And, 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 and I recognize that I haven't been elected judge and jury. Uh, and, and so sometimes I see stuff in social media that disturbs me. And, and sometimes I say, boy, I wish they wouldn't have done that. 
but you won't see me all the time trying to uh, go on there and straighten folk out because it's not my job. Amen. I've got to be faithful to what he called me to do. I've got to carry out my assignment. i got to help keep me in order. And so uh, when, when, when Paul here says, but why do you judge your brother? And why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to have to stand and give an account of uh, what we do with the life, uh, time, talent, and treasure uh, that God has given us. And uh, so, and, 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 and so uh, what Paul points out is that we all are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. And, and, and it's written, he said, for as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess. Even those that say they don't believe in it, even those that say that uh, they don't believe in a God or they, you know, or whatever, uh, they're going to have to one day in judgment confess that he is Lord. And their need, amen, some right now don't want to bow and too proud. One day they're going to bow. And they're going to have to give an account of themselves before God. Hallelujah. So why did I bring all of that up? Well, I brought all of that up because we need to understand the definition of Lord. You see, the definition of Lord is one with absolute power and absolute authority. The Bible does not declare, declare Jesus as Lord. It's just another word. That word means something. Amen. Lord means one with absolute power and absolute authority. And uh, so when we get into that, I, I talked about this before, and, uh, but I need to bring it up again. You see, so many of us as Christians, uh, our Christian is based on a commitment. We often speak of commitment. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, committing myself to the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm committing to the Christian faith. And so a lot of times, especially in America, we talk about commitment. But the real issue is not commitment, amen. If we're going to get anywhere when it comes to kingdom authority, the real issue is surrender. It's surrender. Hallelujah. And we've talked about it before. Uh, you see, when you are committed to something, when you're committed to something, you're still in control. You can do as much or as little as you want to do. You can come as often or uh, uh, as you want to. Uh, you can, uh, that, that, that when, we, when we're talking about committed, we're the ones in charge when uh, it comes to being committed. But when we talk about surrender, when we talk about surrender, that is when you give up control to another. Now you're saying, well, well okay, why are you getting into that? Well, you see, a lot of our walk, a lot of our Christian faith, a lot of how we uh, walk it out and practice it is based on commitment. 
Some people have more commitment. Some people have less commitment. Yeah. But what we really need is surrender. Oh, yes. Amen. We, need, we, we need to let uh, Jesus be in charge. Amen. And, and, and I found out that if we let Jesus be in charge, things will come out a lot better. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, in the scripture. In the scripture, Jesus is called Lord no less than 747 times in the New Testament. That's a lot. He's called Lord. Uh, not, and and uh, uh, let me go back to something. Uh, when I'm talking about the difference between uh, commitment and surrender. Just to illustrate the point, uh, I, I read about that there was a great naval battle uh, and between uh, France and England. And uh, the forces of England prevailed against the French army. And uh, when the French admiral came aboard Admiral Nelson's uh, British ship to surrender, Battle was over. They were conceding. France was conceding. Okay, you got us. You won. And so the French admiral came over to the British ship of Admiral Nelson to surrender. And when he came over to the ship, the first thing that he did was he extended his hand to shake Admiral, Nelson, Admiral Nelson's hand. And, and, and so the, his first act on coming aboard was to extend his hand like this to shake, shake his hand. Abram Nelson said, and did not extend his hand, but he said, the soul. Before, before we embrace, give me your soul. Before we go any further, give me your sword. This is about, not a commitment, but this is about surrender. And so the first thing you've got to do is give up your sword. Yes. And I think that uh, illustrates to us that before we can embrace Jesus uh, as Lord, we need to lay down and put away our own agendas. Oh, yes. so true. And we need to pry out of our fingers the things that we... Amen. You see, some things we are, uh, that we hold even more sacred than Jesus. Yeah. It's some stuff that we think we can take it with us and hold on to it. But when you surrender, you've got to give up your sword first. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. Looking at the scripture... In Acts 2 and 36. And in Acts 2 and 36. It says therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. Both Lord and Christ. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That God had made this Jesus whom you crucified, Lord and Christ. 
You see, the question that all of us are going to have to ask, and uh, all of us are going to have to answer personally, uh, the question that we're going to have to answer is, uh, do we first recognize the Lordship of Jesus? And second, are we willing to submit to it? That's a question that's got to be settled uh, individually, personally. How do you relate to Jesus? And uh, I think about uh, when Pilate had Barabbas and Jesus, and he said, you know, I'll uh, I'll release one uh, uh, because of the feast. And he said, uh, which one do you want, Barabbas or Jesus? The crowd was coached. And the, the crowd cried out, we want Barabbas. Barabbas was a rebel. Barabbas was a, 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 had caused a harm to the Roman government. They said, we want Barabbas. And that so surprised Pilate. Pilate looked at him and said, well, what do you want me to do with Jesus? And you know that crowd, what they said, they said crucify. There comes a time when each and every one of us are going to have to ask the question, answer the question of how are we going to relate to Jesus? What are we going to do with him? How are we going to receive him? Amen. And, and will we submit to him? And so that was the question uh, when we talk about uh, the lordship, exercising the power of kingdom authority. Amen. And, 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 and in answering that question, uh, we need to answer, is Jesus Lord of all you have and of all you do, is he Lord of your words, of your thoughts, of your time, of your testimony? We, we, you, know, you know, it's one thing to be religious, but it's another thing to be surrendered. Oh, yes. Is he Lord? That's the question. Because the key to Operating in kingdom authority is the lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's talk about the redeeming claim of his lordship. Let's talk about the redeeming claim of his lordship. Uh, you see, it's not about who you are that matters so much, but it's about whose you are. You get the distinction? Who do you belong to? Uh, I think in, 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 in the gang world, uh, and I don't know if they say it exactly like this today, but in the past, I remember in the gang world, uh, it was about colors. You know, what color you are, whether you're a blood or whether you're a crip or, or uh, you know, and I can't name all of the different gangs that, uh, whatever. But it was about uh, whose you are. And uh, in some instances, a person would be uh, uh, out and uh, a gang would approach somebody and they wanted to know who you with. Y'all ever heard that? Who you with? And, 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 and if you declare, and they wait on an answer back, you had to declare who you with. And if you said the wrong thing or were with the wrong gang, to the ones who were talking to you, you could be in trouble. It could possibly cost your life. Talking about gang affiliation. Who you with? 
Well, I'm not a part of a gang, but I'm a part of a family. As believers, we are part of a family. And, and it matters. It matters not only who we say we're with, because lip service is cheap, but it matters whether Jesus is Lord in our lives. I want to talk about the redeeming, the redeeming, uh, talk about the redeeming uh, quality of redeeming claims of his lordship. Galatians 3.13. In Galatians 3.13, it says there, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Right. Amen. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. In his death. He died. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and in 1 Corinthians 6.19. Uh, it says there. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you. Whom you have from God. And you are not your own. So not a, when, when Christ died in our place. His death paid the debt. Yes. And he redeemed us. You know, in other words, he purchased the right to be Lord in our lives. Hallelujah. Now, there's no shortage of people who are claiming to be Christians. Thousands and thousands walk down church aisles uh, and are, are baptized in water. But is Jesus Lord in a real way in their lives? Once you stop and think about that, let's not just glance over this. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people walk down church aisles, uh, pray the sinner's prayer, Ask the Lord to come into their heart. And after they get through praying that prayer and they feel a little bit better, they go back to doing the same thing that they were doing before. Yeah. Now let's be for real. Is Jesus really Lord of their life? When we, when we know what Lord means, mm -hmm. it's interesting. And I submit amen, uh, from the evidence of the word of God, that one who does not have Jesus as Lord of his life cannot, should not, call themselves a Christian. Okay. They can be religious, but the word Christian in its original meaning means Christ-like. 
So one who does not have Jesus as Lord of his life cannot faithfully call themselves a Christian. I even go back to uh, the scripture. Well, uh, we'll get to the scripture in a minute. But uh, salvation, say that with me, salvation is yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It, 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 it's essential to salvation. If, if Jesus is not Lord, then you're not saved. And that might sound harsh, and that might sound cruel, you know, you know say, well, how, how can you say that? Uh, but, you see, you know, do you want me to make you feel good, or do you want me to tell you the truth? I, I want somebody to tell me the truth. Salvation is yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How do I know it? Amen. How do I know it that salvation is yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? One of the very foundational scriptures that we use that talks about a person being saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Many of you are familiar with it. Amen. Many times when I'm praying with an unbeliever or praying with someone who wants to be saved, I lead them in a prayer that includes Romans 10, 9 and 10. Where it said, if thou wilt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God have raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, now, I've got the word underlined for emphasis there in that verse. Notice that if thou wilt confess with your mouth, the scripture doesn't just say Jesus. What does it say? The Lord Jesus. You see, at the very beginning of salvation, uh, He's got to be Lord. He's got to be Lord. Uh, uh, it's the foundation of salvation. And, 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 and let me go a little bit further uh, with this verse of scripture. When Paul, when, when, when Paul was uh, encouraging uh, and telling them about that if thou would confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Uh, when Paul wrote this passage, in the Roman Empire, the words that Paul wrote could cost an individual their life. It could cost a man or woman their life, confessing the Lord Jesus. Because you see, uh, in the Roman Empire, Caesar was more than just an emperor. He was proclaimed by many of the citizens in Rome as a god. And citizens were required by law to proclaim the same. In other words, they had to refer to Caesar as God. And other gods could not be spoken for, but uh, Caesar had to be included uh, and, and, and so uh, the, the deal in the Roman uh, Empire was if you were going to talk about God, 
you had to mention Caesar's name first. And then you can include other lesser gods. But when Paul wrote and what he said, that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth, not Caesar, but the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Hallelujah. And, and, and the interesting thing is the early believers, uh, what they wanted them to do was make a compromise and acknowledge Caesar as God. And if they would have acknowledged Caesar as God, then they would have let them say, and, 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 you know, say Jesus after Caesar. But do you know what? The early Christians realized that there was no room to compromise. Look at your neighbor and say, and it's still the same today. No room to compromise. You see, if Jesus Christ is Lord of all, say that with me, Christ is Lord of all, or not Lord at all. You can't put Jesus' name in front of him. And do you not know that uh, many of the Christians were willing to suffer martyrdom and death rather than compromise? It was just that important. Christ is Lord of all or not Lord at all. Hallelujah. So uh, what we found uh, in looking at the scriptures, and I'm trying to lay the foundation, uh, what we found is that salvation is in his name. Yes. Acts 2.21. Not only is salvation in his name, healing is right. in his name. Yes. When we get ready to pray, we don't, we, we, we don't pray in the name of Pastor Nunn. Thank you. We don't pray in the name of T.D. Jakes, we don't, we, you know, whoever, you, you, that's not the name that matters. The name that matters when it comes to salvation and healing is the name Jesus. Angel said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When we're dealing with demons, Amen. Desmond was giving, uh, 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 and, and, and he reflected back to something happened in his youth. Yes, yes. Where they were dealing with demonic forces. Yes. Amen. Some of you that have been members of Bethel for a long time, you, 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 you remember, amen, there have been times when we had to deal with demonic forces. Yes, thank you. Amen. But when it comes to demons, demons flee yes, at the name of Jesus. I don't go in trying to fight a demon about how much I weigh, how big my shoe size is, how long I've been a pastor. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen. Or even the fact that I am a pastor. You know, some of y'all, if somebody was demon possessed and they come in here and start acting out, you, you, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Somebody come in here and demon possessed, start acting out. 
one of the first things that some will do, I, I, I might not say everybody, because I'm hoping you all taking some of this teaching in. But first thought will come to somebody's mind is, where's the pastor? Get the pastor. Get the pastor. Man, that's a demon. Get the pastor. Get the pastor ain't the answer, ain't the solution to it. Amen. Demons flee at the power of his name. And, and Jesus didn't say that just pastors could confront demons. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. In my name. Hallelujah. So not only is salvation in his name, healing is in his name. Demons flee in his name. Hallelujah. They were baptized in his name. And, and uh, I don't want to get into the oneness discussion, but a lot of our uh, oneness brothers, and, and I, I do call them brothers, because I told you it's not for me to judge uh, uh, things that God haven't called me to judge. But uh, what I recognize is that, you know, uh, uh, a lot of our oneness uh, Pentecostal brothers and sisters, uh, they make a big deal about baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but the formula that I see in Matthew, uh, Matthew, I believe, 28, where Jesus said, uh, go ye forth and all the world, preach the gospel. He that believes in is baptized, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name Amen. Uh, when you got Jesus, you got the Father. When you got Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, and, and so uh, in, in Matthew 28, it illuminates, amen, uh, uh, the mystery of the Trinity. Amen. Uh, but when we talk about the Son, I'm talking about Jesus. They were baptized in his name. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and that name was so uh, important not to compromise it. Amen. There were some that were willing to die for that name. They wouldn't compromise. Uh, going back to the subject of, of, of dealing with demons and uh, how important it is to be rightly connected. Uh, we spoke about it before in the book of Acts where the sons of a high priest by the name of Shiva. They found a man that was demon possessed. And evidently they had seen Paul exercising kingdom authority and casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And so these seven sons of a high priest decided, well, we can do what Paul does. We'll use the formula that Paul did. And so they went to the house of a demon-possessed man, and when they uh, uh, came to him, they said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of him. They're trying to cast the demon out. Now, they had the name right, 
They had the name. They said the name right, but they didn't have the relationship. You need to hear me. See, we can be religious if we want to. Just because you're religious don't mean that you're rightly connected to them. They had the name right, but, amen, because, they, because Jesus was not Lord in their life. The demon spoke out of the man and said, Jesus I know. Do you all listen to this demon? Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? In other words, who you with? Who you with? Oh yeah, Jesus I know, and Paul was with him, I know. But who you with? And because Jesus was not Lord in their life, even though they used the name Jesus, that demon whipped them, and they left their running, and they left their clothes in the house. He beat their clothes off of them. You talk about a whooping. Hallelujah. So, it's in his name. The authority is in his name. Amen. So, how do we exercise kingdom authority? How do we exercise kingdom authority? Amen. We exercise kingdom authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we use that name, we've got to be connected and, and, and he needs to be Lord of our lives. He's got to be Lord. His words ought to count. His commandments, amen, ought to be our marching orders. And, 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 and when we uh, not commit to him, but surrender. Uh-huh. Surrender. And when we surrender and, 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 and make him Lord, it's almost like uh, in, the, in, in the very first miracle that Jesus did at the wedding of Cana. Almost done. Uh, but the very first miracle he did at the wedding of Cana, when they ran out of wine, and uh, Mary, his mother, prompted a miracle out of him. When he wasn't really ready to reveal himself. And how did she do it? She told the servants to go to him. And whatever he tells you to do, do it. She told the servants to surrender yourself into his hands. And whatever he says, that's what I want you to do. And so the servants were standing there. Waiting. On their marching orders. And while they were standing there waiting on their marching orders, Jesus looked at them and, 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 and Jesus kind of protested to Mary. He said, You know, what have I to do with this woman? It kind of sounds harsh in, in English, but he wasn't he wasn't being harsh to his mother, but basically was saying, It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. What have I got to do with this? Amen. But it didn't matter to Mary. Mary said, Amen. Whatever he tells you to do. She put him on the spot. How did she put him on the spot? She, she had the servants there waiting on orders. Yes. Hallelujah. 
And you know what? I, I, I think our lives, our days, would go a lot better if we wouldn't just rush out and try to do our own thing and then later on ask Jesus to pick up the pieces. But I think our days would start out and, and go a lot better that, it, amen, before we rush out into stuff that we wait on. That we wait on. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, amen, but there are times I, you know, I, start, I get busy. But one of the things I found out, amen, uh, there's no such thing as being too busy to pray. I don't care how busy you get. I don't care how complicated things get. Amen. Uh, uh, if you want to be fruitful and successful in this walk, don't ever get too busy to pray. How do we exercise kingdom authority? It is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Last scripture. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. When we're surrendered and he's Lord. When we're surrendered and he's Lord. Jesus said in John 14, 13 through 14, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus said, put my name on it. Yes. See, when he's your Lord, uh, he's given us the right or the power of attorney yes. to use his name. Anybody still write checks? Anybody still use checks? I know it's getting a little, you know, we get to the point where we don't, uh, you know, checks aren't as uh, prevalent today. But if you can think back and remember when you used to write checks, uh, in order for that check to be prop to properly authorized, the person that owned that check in a checking account, they had to write their name on the check in order for that check to be good, yeah. properly endorsed. And that gave, when that person put their name on it, that authorized the bank to release the funds to the person who the check was endorsed to. Caused transactions to happen, money to flow. Now, what would happen if you wrote a check and didn't have the money in the bank? They, they, that's what they call it, the check of bounce. Now, do the police come looking at the check and come get the check to arrest the check? No, they, they're not looking for the check. Who are they looking for? They're looking for the person that signed the check. That person's reputation, that person is the one responsible. Well, just like in the analogy I'm talking about a check, Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. Now, let me, and, 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 and I'm at the end now, and, and, and I'm wrapping this up, but, but I want to make this clear. The reason... In John 14, 13, and 14, where he said, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. 
that the Father may be glorified. Do you know the reason he can make a blanket statement like that? Is because only, say this with me, only those, only those. who have the power of attorney are authorized to use this name. You see, sons of Shiva can use his name and it won't work. Religious people can use his name and it might not work. But only those who have the power of attorney Talking about a, a legal term uh, for a spiritual uh, truth. Only those who have the power of attorney have the right to use his name. Yes. And the reason that he can say whatever you ask and not be fearful that we would ask the wrong thing is because in order to have the power of attorney to use his name, he has to be. Lord in your life. Oh, yes. You see what I'm talking about here? Yeah. And when Jesus is Lord in your life, yes. Yes. you're not going to ask the wrong thing. Because the thing that you ask in prayer is going to be the thing that was already initiated in heaven. Yes. You all see what I'm talking about? He's Lord. And by him being Lord, we get our marching orders from him. And so the prayers we pray in the name of Jesus and, and, and with, the, with the power of attorney of his name, Jesus is not afraid to say, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. That the Father may be glorified. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That's the fine print. That people don't understand. And that's the reason why people get disappointed. And say, well, I prayed. And, 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 I, and, and I, I tagged it with in the name of Jesus. But, amen, it's Jesus Lord in your life. Because if he's not, you don't have the right. You don't have the power of attorney to use that name. And so uh, what we've been talking about then today in this message. Uh, and I hope that uh, you have gotten... Uh, a little better insight into the authority of the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I'm hoping that if we got it, if